This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hey, boo. It's me, Roz Dresfalez. If you celebrate Christmas, I hope you had a wonderful time yesterday. I thought it would be fun just to do a little bit more Ask Me Anything questions that I posted a while ago. I enjoy answering these questions. So let's see what I can find that I have not answered already. First question uh, that was posted in the Facebook group is, was there a specific moment that inspired the creation of your podcast? You know, there's been many moments. And again, I've had so many paranormal experiences. And I think that what happened was I just got really sick of um, inappropriately just asking people, have you ever seen a ghost at like, you know, regular old, like at a holiday party, for example? And people are like, um... Why are we talking about ghosts right now? That's so random. So I thought, you know, I should just make this into a podcast and then people will know exactly, uh, you know, I'll I'll create a, a space for me to talk about that without being like that weird ghost person. What's my favorite horror movie? I have so many. Uh, I might have answered this question already, but I do have a suggestion. If you're looking for a horror movie in this winter Honda Day season, I I would like to recommend Black Christmas. I the original. It's not even though we're after Christmas technically, it's not it's not really that much of a Christmassy Christmassy movie and it's also not paranormal, but it is a spooky wintertime Christmas time movie. So, lock yourself up with some eggnog and watch some college kids get murdered. What story sticks out in my mind as the scariest, most chilling? 
honestly, Gunnar Deathridge talking about uh, the cult that somehow got into his dream. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to that one. That one is unlike anything I've ever heard. And it truly wakes me up in the middle of the night thinking about when will I be coming back to San Francisco for a show, ghost hunt, or possible live taping slash event? I want to go to San Francisco so bad to do a live show. And I, I promise you, I'm working on it. I have been making phone calls and sending emails. It's just, I'm looking for a haunted place to do a show that can accommodate people and... Um, I have a couple of leads. I have a couple of places that I've reached out to that I think would be perfect. But, you know, I could do it at at a couple of places that aren't necessarily allegedly haunted. But I have found one place in particular that is super haunted, uh, apparently, and has a great backstory and all that stuff. And I've talked to um, a good psychic friend of mine that wants to go up there and do a kind of a ghost hunt live show. So I'm working on it. I promise you that. What's your dream city to visit? Barcelona, Spain. I want to go so bad. All right, let's get on with this show. I want it to get spooky and... Uh, There's not many people that are much spookier than my guest today. We have got Vander Von Odd in the studio. And Vander actually won Dragula, which is a spooky drag competition. Vander won the first season. And... You know, I like to reach out to a lot of friends of mine and and find out if they have ghost stories. And I think it would be fun to have them on. And I was like, have you ever had a ghost story? And they're like, no, like, not really. But, you know, I'm kind of skeptical about it. Well, it turns out Vander's another one of those people that has had a couple of spooky things happen to them. So don't you worry. It's going to get creepy. Here's my interview with Vander Von Odd. Ladies and gentlemen... I am joined by a true spooky queen, Vander Von Odd. Hi. Vander, people tell me, people are constantly saying to me, ever since I started doing this podcast in January, they, people are always like, oh, you're like the queen of spooky. And I'm like, no, no, no. I always refer them to Vander Von Odd. Oh, but the spooky comes from within. But thank you so much. See, I think with me, there's always a misconception that I love spookiness well i do i do love spookiness but i'm like you would never look at me and be like spooky like i'm like marilyn monster you know like i don't look spooky but i'm around the spooky i'm very spooky adjacent but like you are a spooky bitch well yeah like i live it i breathe it i i wear it i present it but really it's kind of like it's like punk like punk you don't you don't just wear it it's like you live it it's a lifestyle it's a it's a way of navigating the world totally well i'm i'm truly one of the great honors of my life happened about 10 minutes ago i opened the front door and you weren't expecting it and i saw a genuine little spook in your eye i know fuck you (laughs) And I, I totally spooked the unspookable. <laughs> spook the unspook. I always say I'm not unspookable, but like no one, no one, absolutely no one is unspookable. But I'm really, really hard to scare. And you, you did startle me because I did. Like the door just like opened as I was about to knock. Oh so my- congrats, you are one of maybe three people on the fucking planet oh that's managed God. to spook me. <laughs> well, I, you know what's funny is that I never think of myself as being spooky, but I forget how. Um, jarring it can be when like i've done gigs well i've done gigs in libraries for example where 
nobody has four foot tall wigs on and 10 inch heels on and all of a sudden you're just like hello and people are like Jesus Christ <laughs> so I get it I'm used to it God, you know God bless drag if there's anything that can terrify anyone if there's anything scarier than anything that will ever be on this podcast it's a bitch in a wig in oh, like, a, like a piled wig yeah well the next morning if you ever fall asleep in it and you wake up the next day with glitter in your eyeballs and oof, not a cute look <laughs> wait a minute there. hold up what does scare you um you know what uh, the bulk of what scares me would usually uh be things that can physically harm me like like home intrusion or getting like mugged on the street like if something can physically uh put me in danger that that that's actually really scary so mm. like i'm not i'm not really scared by horror films or anything like that but the films that do unnerve me are usually films about stalkers like home invasion that sort of thing yeah i mean that's that's something that i think a lot of people don't think about um when you have you know especially nowadays like even just being on instagram you have so many people that are strangers that kind of can track you yeah no, and i and think about it every day it's crazy and like i was like i was on a show called dragula it gave me like a following and and since that it's also been strange having just people recognize you on the street and really weird things will happen like I went to Disneyland, you know, last week and a friend sent me photos of someone that was taking pictures of me at the park, you know, things like that. Or I'll like, I'll get in from a show and fans will send me photos of them taking pictures of me at the airport, like things Mm. like that, you know? (laughs) Well, I, yeah, I have a friend that's um, famous and we were out to eat and this person was taking pictures of the food and was like, oh, I'll, I'll post that later. And I was like, why? Like, you can just post it now, like, whatever. And this person was like, well, no, I don't want people to know that I'm at this restaurant right now. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. See, that's... Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not quite like famous famous but I it's same I have, I have friends who will be like hey like don't don't post anything while we're here for yeah, the same reason it makes sense um, but what about the paranormal I mean are you scared of demons I, do you believe in that stuff you know what this is a great moment for the for the disclaimer um, so I'm very skeptical but I'm. I think a, a part of me, a really large part of me, really, really wants to believe. So the we- the best mm-hmm. way I can answer that question when people ask me is, I I can't say that I believe, but I I can't say that I 100% don't believe or that I don't want to believe. I think I'm just always open to possibility, and I love the idea of possibility. And and I've had my own experiences, and and I may not fully believe them, but I don't also discard them as you know coincidence or, or you know just mm-hmm. you know it's I'm I I want to believe in the possibility that you know wh- whatever things happened to me may have been real you know and I hope they were totally would you seek it out would you ever go ghost hunting oh absolutely oh my god I used to work in I, before I did drag and before I was a filmmaker I I did haunted houses professionally mm-hmm. and I did these in Mexico and in Mexico they're, they're very different from the haunts in North America we're not set up in like a sound stage or like a warehouse where we build a set we would seek out um real buildings and we would rent real buildings with real history and I would have to work in them you know for hours and hours for weeks for months you like know like actual paranormal history yeah 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 like oh, like God. really really old but like buildings that were sometimes over like 
60, 70, 80 years old uh-huh. um, that had a lot of history. And I would have to work in them sometimes alone at night. And again, this was for weeks and months. So um, I've always put myself in a lot of situations where I kind of opened myself up to that uh, sort of thing because I've always loved it so much. But did nothing ever happen or what? Well, that's the thing. I can never say, you know, it did or it didn't happen. But I have experiences that that were very, very unnerving that I, I'd be more than happy to, to share. And I hope, yeah, that, let's hear I hope it. that they were real. Uh, well, there was a specific a specific building. So I worked as a creative director for an, an entertainment company called Find a Story Entertainment that's based in Mexicali, Baja California. And that's who I did all Say of Say that one more time. Find a Story Entertainment no, from no, Mexicali, Baja California. Oh. Taking me on a, a journey around the world. Oh, yeah. Just five hours south <laughs> to the border, to the desert, to the shit town I grew up in. But yeah, that was the entertainment company that I did haunts with. And... Uh, I did them for many years, and there was, of all the buildings we worked in, there was a specific building that they still occasionally use, and it was called uh, Misión Dragón, and it was... What does that mean? Uh, like, the dragon mission. Uh, mission meaning almost like a like a, a holy mission uh-huh. kind of thing, you know, like a... Like a like a monastery kind of situation. Um, and it was a, a massive, almost like, I would almost say luxury, like Chinese restaurant that had been abandoned like in the 70s. Mm. Uh, and so we took up that space to set up a haunt. And uh, it was, I don't know why it was designed to look like a monastery. It wasn't a real monastery, but it had that look. It had these giant, like massive heavy wooden doors that you had to get through in this like path that was like um brick and like uh chinese uh letters and and dragons and all these things they had to walk down to to get to the actual building and mind you this was all like overgrown and like falling apart uh in in like a kind of lonelier part of the city and when i first worked there there was one specific room that always made me very uncomfortable and mind you, I've been in so many abandoned buildings I've been in so many old buildings I've never felt how I felt in that room anytime before that or anytime after and it what was what would you feel it was just this really intense feeling of dread you know it wasn't I mean it was fear it was a lot of fear but more than fear it was just like the best way I can describe it, even even as someone who doesn't necessarily uh, wholeheartedly believe in the paranormal, it just felt like really, really awful things had happened there. And it was this feeling of like sadness and dread and just like I didn't I just never, ever wanted to be in that room because it, it just made me feel so disgusting. And it was in the back of, uh, you know, pa- you know, there was like the dining area of the of the restaurant and then all the kitchens and then all the back rooms and then all the way at the back of the building was this small room and it's what I thought was a a chicken pen when we first got there because when I first worked in the building um find a story had already been there for like a year but when when I went in uh they had put chicken wire over all of the railing it was essentially a jail cell um for chickens I thought because they, they put chicken wire over it over the bars. They got chicken ghosts up in there? Oh, you know, I, I fucking, wait, the, those poor chickens. How many beheading, how many beheadings <sighs> happened in that room? No, I thought it was a chicken pen. It was an actual jail cell, which I, I later found out. Um, 
it was a jail cell. And when I went there, it was just an empty room with the iron bars and chicken wire all over it. So I saw chicken wire. It was a restaurant, a Chinese restaurant. I thought like, oh, like they had live animals or livestock or something here. Yeah. Um, but no, there was there was a toilet that had been removed. Um, and they had just covered the bars with, with chicken wire. And first of all, what's a jail cell doing in a restaurant? In a Chinese restaurant. In a Chinese restaurant. Um, and more so, it was the dingiest smallest little cell like the the toilet was really just like this kind of wooden like thing that was in the floor with a hole in it like it wasn't a proper toilet you know Mm -hmm. and so i always wonder like why that was even there but uh basically in mexicali baja california where this happened there was a lot oh my god (laughs) (laughs) there was a a of a massive, massive community of of Chinese immigrants that moved there uh, throughout like the 40s and 50s, and so that's why this restaurant was uh, set up there, and as well as many other like that city is kind of well, well known for their kind of hybrid. You know, it was like Chinese food designed for Mexicans essentially, but sure. we're kind of we're kind of known for it throughout Mexico because such a large community of immigrants live there, and there was this other room. Uh, that shared a wall with the jail cell, which was the the room that I worked in. It, it was where I had like a character and a scene. And it was a small room. It was all brick, really low ceiling, no windows, only one door to get in. And uh, towards the back of the room, uh, it was lined with these like large shelves, like wall to wall shelves, ceiling uh, to floor. And we play, we put like a mirror up on the shelves and there was a well, or like not a well, it was like an opening to the underground of of the building, but we were never allowed in there because it was it was so old and it uh, apparently it was like a, a really really deep cellar, uh, so it we weren't dangerous. Yeah, that's why we never ever went in, and it was uh, it, it, the closure was made out of like cement, so like you needed multiple people to even lift it. So I I never went in there, but there was like an underground portion. And on top of that, like some that cement block that was blocking the entrance to the cellar, they built a wooden box that was meant to be like a music box for this specific scene. So there was a music box, this really ornate mirror placed on top of the shelves to the back. And then the, the audience would stand on the opposite wall looking towards the shelves, the mirror and the box. And I would do my scene there every night. And... Uh, I think one night it was my, it was like a group of my cousins. And then another night, a group of friends went to the haunt and both groups who not, neither of them know each other, uh, later would, would, I would ask them like, Oh, what did you think? What was it? Blah, blah, blah. And they were like, Oh my God, your room was, was like the scariest. We love this. We love that. And they were, and they said, both groups said this, they said, and the bodies on the walls were so creepy. What? Um, yeah. And and the thing was, the room was only lit by a strobe. Uh, and the shelves on the walls would cast a lot of shadows and things. So I always, I, 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 when, when both groups told me this, I just thought like, oh, like, you know, the shelves must just be casting a shadow on the wall behind them kind of situation. You know, it's a strobe in a dark room. It's so easy to see gnarly shadows. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and when people are like in a haunt and they're scared already, you know, naturally they're going to find things in the shadows. So I kind of brushed it off and thought of it as whatever. Um, but yeah, both groups said, you know, the, the bodies on the walls, which were the, you know, the ones on, you know, on the, on the shelf side where they were facing where I was standing. Um, so cut to, 
and a lot of other people had experiences. I can't remember much, but kind of like the the typical like, oh, I felt someone touch me or breathe yeah. on me. That's that, that sort of experience. But um, sometime later in the season, in the same season when I was still working in this room, um, I talked to the producer, Damaris Rubio, who's still a, a very, very good friend of mine who I still work with. And I started asking her just about the building because she had been working in it for a year already. And she started telling me about when she arrived, when she found the building and when she decided to rent it for this haunt and telling me about it. Um, and she started uh, sharing all these like really unnerving things about, you know, now it makes sense what happened there. But she said, you know, when we found the building, um, we walked into the restaurant. It had been abandoned for 20 plus years at this point. We went into like the dining room area and there was like remnants of what was rotting food on the plates where people were sitting and so 20 year rotting food yeah so her take is that for whatever reason they had to vacate the building quickly and that's why it was closed up so like people were dining when they were asked to leave and the building was sealed up because there was still food on the plates there was like carts and like trays well it gets better oh okay so so, um uh they started like diving deeper into the building and seeing the different rooms and seeing what was inside them so apparently the place was vacated like instantly you know in in a second so everything was just never a good thing never a good thing yeah so things were just like dropped and left where they were so um they found like the jail cell in the back they found like clothes like people's items and then in an office room in this like closet space they found hundreds of letters written in Chinese that were supposed to be delivered to China that were never sent. So my guess is that a lot of Chinese immigrants were probably forced to work there and were being kept there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it was kind of like a slave labor situation where people were living in the building. They were probably punished in the jail cell if they, you know, didn't do their, do what was asked of them. And all these letters that they had tried to probably send to like their friends and family back home were were never sent. Oh, that's so sad. Um, yeah. So I, I my guess is this building was probably condemned because you know they were, they you know they, the government whoever you know or the police discovered what was happening on, and and the building was was kind of condemned. Um, but, um, th- this is the, the unnerving thing. Going back to the room. With the with shell, the bodies hanging with, out on the walls. With the bodies hanging out on the walls and the shelves, um, this was during the season when when I found out that the building had probably housed a lot of you know slave laborers in the sixties and seventies. Um, and I was sitting in the room and I was sitting on the music box and I was facing away from the wall where the audience stands and kind of looking at the shelves, which is what they see when they're standing in the room. And I was looking at the shelves and I was kind of <laughs> I was thinking about everything the producer had told me and. Um, I thought about what these people told me about like, oh, like the bodies on the walls. And then it kind of, um, it kind of dawned on me that the, the shelves in the room weren't shelves. They were barracks where people slept. Oh, wow. And so, um, whether they did or didn't see, you know, bodies on the walls, you know, is, is up to the audience to decide, you know, I, I'll, I'll I, I won't know cause I never saw it, but it, it kind of makes sense that, you know, it sounds like they saw people sleeping in barracks, you know? Well, what's so interesting is that like you didn't see them, but when it was like action, like go time lights up, there's an mm-hmm. audience. They like 
popped out. Yeah, you know, and it's it's strange because it was two different sets of people who were unrelated. Yeah. They both saw the same thing, so that that left me really unnerved. Vander, that's a ghost. <laughs> how can how I don't know how anyone could be a skeptic. That is a ghost. You know, well the thing is I worked in haunts for so many years and people get so scared they see all kinds of things that aren't there, but it 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 unnerved me and it made me it, it kind of frightened me and it it made me a little sad also because it seemed like everything that was ha- everything that anyone ever saw always went back to um just pe- you know people suffering yeah um, i mean a lot of it is a lot yeah. of the spookiest stuff is yeah so um that was very unnerving and i've always uh, it's i forgot about it it was leading up to doing this podcast i remember that i had completely forgotten about about the barracks that was um, a good one and they're not there the, the barracks were removed some years later but yeah, that was and really they, this, Does this company still work there at that place? It's funny. Last year was the first year that they didn't work in that in that space anymore. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. But will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. But now being Mexican, do you are you a superstitious person? Because I feel like there's so many superstitions in the There's so many superstitions and, and revolving around Han. I learned so many of them. I, I was never superstitious, but I worked around very superstitious people and there were a lot of very like one of my favorites, I thought it was I don't know, I thought it was kind of beautiful, but um a lot of actors were encouraged to wear a red satin ribbon or tied around their waist in a knot underneath their costumes. And this was supposed to protect you from um, any sort of negativity. Because the thing is, when, when, like you said right now, like when you're acting, when you're in a, in a space like that and you're acting, you're kind of embodying a lot of the feelings and emotions of of hate and dread and fear and sadness. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of actors believe that that could open them up to... to you know, kind of like spiritually damaging themselves because they're they're operating and they're working in a space where really awful things actually happened. Yeah. So um, a lot of them would wear a red ribbon, you know, underneath their costume. For many years, we had oh, I forget I forget what we used to call it, but there was a chant that um, the audience would have to recite 
uh, before going into the haunt and they would be taken blindfolded into a room and we would have a ton of real instruments and, and there would just be like live gnarled fucked up music playing and they would be asked to recite this poem uh, that, you know, it was, it's so many years ago. I can't, but it was somewhere along the lines of, um, I respect the space. I respect my body and I respect what happens here. And I won't take any of it, you know, with me. And, um, a lot of people, including the actors felt very protected by that and, and very safe by that. And a lot of actors, um, wouldn't really work without, you know, doing some kind of, kind of, chant or poem or something before going into the house as a means of like protecting themselves and I always thought that was really that was really interesting yeah were you raised religious at all I was raised Catholic I I I looked out my parents weren't super religious but they were they were Catholic so Catholics are the ones that always believe in ghosts yeah I know (laughs) you know I'm telling you I want to believe and you know maybe I do a little bit or otherwise I wouldn't you just need to have a real good you need to have a ghost just and you know i'm so open to it i really i wish it would happen you know why i think a part of me wants to believe so badly because i i dread the idea of there not being anything after this life i dread the idea but i I think i also believe that that's possible as well and i don't want it to be i don't want that to i don't want this life you know to be it and for it to be over and for you know the rest of existence to just be like unconscious darkness that's that's well see it's really sad i think you go on to the next one uh that's my opinion or what i believe but um i also think that a lot of times like you said ghosts are the result of dread and and horrific events and unfinished business and i think that if you're lingering around it's like it's sad you know if you're still here yeah it is it is sad um I think for me, it just becomes a testament to it's not over. And that's mm-hmm. why I just, I really, really want to believe it. And I really, really hope that the things I've seen or experienced or secondhand experienced through other people are, are real, you know? What about like the evil eye? You don't believe in that? I don't, I don't know as much about the evil eye. Tell really? me a little bit about that. I've I heard know. about, it's funny. And I, I mean, we have like an evil eye in, in Mexico, but I don't know if that's, that's the same thing. That's what I'm talking thing. about. Like I have Mexican relatives that that's their belief or like I my dad I remember my dad telling my my grandmother would talk about oh that person gave you the evil eye and now you gotta take an egg and you put it in a cup of water underneath your bed and then when you crack the egg I don't know it's a whole thing okay so it is the same it's like evil eye is like it's when someone gives you a look and they kind of cast mal de ojo. yeah yeah, yeah el mal de ojo. totally okay yeah, yeah yeah um I mean I've I've certainly cast the evil eye on oh, many honey, a bitch <laughs> you better believe I've got a red ribbon around my waist right now <laughs> a thick six inch satin <laughs> ribbon lined in like teflon honey I knew you were coming uh, I, I I respect my body. Oh I respect my, my space. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I you know, I don't know if I believe in it. Do you believe in it? Um, I mean that's not one that I think about all the time. Uh, but I do. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty open to the spiritual realm, and I I protect myself from people with dark energy. I don't necessarily. I've never encountered someone that I feel is like possessed by a demon and genuinely like mm-hmm. otherworldly evil. I've never encountered that. Um, it's possible that it could exist. I, I don't. I don't doubt that. But um, yeah, I, I think 
I think sometimes if it's important to put a guard up and not let those let people suck your soul, you know. I said something. Your face just got. Lit. Don't be a drag queen for two seconds. Oh, okay, I'll refrain. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm superstitious. I it's, you I know, mean, there's so many Mexican superstitions because there's also like, what is it? You put a broom behind your door. Oh, you mean the you mean like almost like the the like the wives' tales type superstitions? Hell yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I never really got into the. All of mine were more based around the paranormal because that's what I grew up in was in like a paranormal and like theater and in the, the two kind of clashing and haunted houses. Mm. But oh my god, there's so many wacky wacky superstitions that I just can't get behind and, oh my and god. that I was raised around. Well, I had a boyfriend that was from Mexico, and I would whistle songs at home at night and he said you don't you're not allowed to whistle in the house at night because you can bring i don't know if this is specifically a mexican thing or if he just didn't like my whistling but he said that that's how you can conjure up uh demons into your home you know what you know one that i do actually experience which you know it's again it's that it's that battle between like science versus paranormal is you know in, in spanish we call it cuando se te sube el muerto which means when when the dead man climbs on you, which is sleep paralysis, essentially, when, when you feel someone on top of you while you're sleeping, and you oh, open yeah. your eyes and you can't move. Um, do you ever experience sleep paralysis? No, we talk about it almost every episode. I've, I have never had one. I... Uh, I mean, I'm not a super religious person, but I kind of do my version of praying every night that it does not happen to me. It sounds terrifying, and... Um, yeah, luckily, no, I never have. Have you? I have. I have a, actually have a little story about that one as well. Well, the question so. I always ask people that have had it, do you sleep on your back? Mm, I Yeah, I do sleep on my back. See, that's the thing. But here's the thing. It happens I only, when you sleep on your back. But here's I the thing. On I only experience it if I turn over during the night and I'm sleeping on my side. And that's when it happens to me. Oh, I'm full on face, like puddle of drool in the <laughs> pillow. I will not move because of it. Wow. So what happened to you? You genuinely had a sleep. It's happened more than once or what? It's happened more than once and it's the same when it happens. I see the same thing. You know, some people see different things. Some people don't see things at all. Some people, you know, yeah. Um, mine, mine is consistent and it's always the same. And I started, I only experience it two, three times a year. It's not often. It's often enough. It sucks when it happens. But the first time it happened, I didn't even know what sleep paralysis was. And it really freaked me out. But I'll... I sleep on my back and then during the night sometimes I'll turn to my side and when I experience sleep paralysis I'll I'll wake up I'll be on my side and I have a I have a I have a a double sized bed so it's not super big so I'm relatively close to the edge of the bed mm-hmm. um, when I'm sleeping and I'll be on my side I'll open my I'll, I'll open my eyes and you, as you know in sleep paralysis you your your eyes are open and you're conscious but you have no control of your body you're just kind of limp you can't control it and all i see is a man standing up to the edge of my bed and because an old man like a very very elderly man in a suit um and because he's into that (laughs) at least he has a suit on oh my god but wait it gets it gets it gets uh even sexier okay um because he's so close to my bed, I can't see his face or the the upper part of his body. All I see are his hands, and he's like clasping his hands in front of me, and his hands are, um, 
just really pale and mottled and, and kind of fucked up. Like it's it, like they're a dead man's hands. Like I can tell they're a dead man's hands. And but where's like he just doesn't have a face or you can't move your I, eyes to see it. I can't move my eyes. I'm just like I'm looking straight forward and all I can see are his hands that he's right up against my bed, right up to the edge and that he's wearing a suit and he doesn't move. He just stands there. Um, and every time it happens, it freaks me out because it ju- he's so close to me. Oftentimes people will see shadows like in the corners of their room or things like that. Yeah. Um, some people even feel things on top of them. I've never felt any- anything like that. He's just like so close to me, but not moving or saying anything. Um, okay. So let's go back. There's a man with dead hands and no face that hangs out by your bed sometimes. Yeah. I'm guessing he has a face. I just, I can never look up to see it. I just, I see his hands and he's very old. Do you have a name for him? I don't actually. I've never given him a, given him a name. When I, you have sleep paralysis, you can't talk, right? You can't be like you can't you can no because like you can try your best to scream. That's what most people try to do is they try to scream, mm-hmm. um, and you just you can't. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. I I honestly have not yet heard a story like this with like the same man every time. But wait, there's oh, more. Okay, so I did a Hulu gig. Um, a couple weeks back where it was like an experience kind of situation where they showed us like it was like horror themed and they showed us like short films and things like that but there was a part of the experience um, there where they had us consult with uh, like individually consult with the psychic and mind you she wasn't like being all hokey or like she wasn't in like the psychic costume with like her like no it wasn't that like it was this very like average looking like middle-aged woman and like mm-hmm. a cute sweater and like some jeans. Like she was super chill. She was super nice. Um, and she was also reading uh, tarot as she was like doing readings and stuff. And so when I went with her, um, again, mind you, like I'm, I, I want to believe really badly, but I don't know if I do. But you can trust that, you know, whatever I tell you, I'm not, I'm not making it up. This is the most up. ridiculous thing ever. There's a man that hangs out by your bed and you yes. don't know that you believe that that's a, what do you think? What do you think that that is? Do you well, think see, it's see, a the, dream? The, no, but see the difference between say like seeing a ghost uh, when you're fully awake or like experience something paranormal. Uh, you know, the difference is that sleep paralysis has been scientifically studied and like it's it's very it's a, it's very very explainable that's why for me it's never been something you know per se paranormal so what do you with your with your science <laughs> what do you so you think that that's just like a manifestation in your brain of something or well, it's, what? it's almost it's it's almost like you're dreaming awake because you aren't fully awake so the, you know here's the way i see it if there is anything paranormal revolving around uh, sleep paralysis, I think it may happen because you're just in a very vulnerable state. You're in a very, very vulnerable state when you're mm. experiencing sleep paralysis. So that's the way I see it, if 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 there is anything paranormal, you know, surrounding that. But anyway, I, I did this Hulu thing, and I, I had this psychic, um, and, you know, I pulled the cards, she laid them out, and... Um, it was kind of shocking. I again, I went into it actually very poker faced and very very skeptical because I was like, where do this? Like, where? Uh, also, it was in Las Vegas. So when they tell you, "Ooh, we're gonna pair you with a psychic in Vegas," you know, immediately I was like, Are you sure oh, this okay. wasn't just like a craps table or something, or like <laughs> their blackjack." Yeah, I was actually at like Circus Circus. It was like a clown. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the buffet. I was like, "Oh my god, she's gonna read my cards." Uh, oh, you want to talk about reading? <laughs> but is she she. Read my cards and um it was actually 
again, kind of unnerving the things that she said because she, my guess was going into the experience was, oh, she's going to be very vague or she's going to say things that could universally apply to so many people. I'm going to go in super poker face and just see how she does. Yeah, like gave her as little information about me. Actually, no information about me. I was just like, hi, my name's Vander. Hi, my name's so-and-so. Pull the cards. That was it. Um, First of all, uh, she the first thing she said was like, "Oh, like there's someone you love very, very, very much, um, and there's also like a third person in this equation, but they're not a problem." Um, which is very interesting. I'm in an open relationship, and my partner has a boyfriend who he lives with. Mm-hmm. So, um, she said that, and I stayed pretty poker faced, and I was like, "Okay, yeah." Yeah, that's valid. You know, she kind of clocked my my open relationship. Um, she then said, "There's also this, this, and this, and this, and that, and blah, 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 blah." Um, that I can't share out of my, out of respect for my partner, but it wasn't anything involving specifically us. It was just kind of like drama out in the universe that kind of happened to clash with us at the time, mm-hmm. and it was very, very specific and very, very spot on. That's what a psychic has to do. They have to tell you right off the bat. They have to prove themselves to you. Yeah, and I was like okay like fair um she said other things um uh mostly more more along the lines of advice not so much reading more like advice and in, in in regards to the relationship and then she asked me about it and i was like oh yeah like i'm in an open relationship i have a partner he has a boyfriend um but we're all very very friendly we got along great like it's a it's a great situation so so yeah and she was like oh okay that's the, you know that's exactly what that was um and then this was this was the kicker that kind of like cracked my poker face was she goes she was like looking at some other cards and like she kind of stopped for a second and she was like there's an old man in your dreams and he really scares you doesn't he <laughs> I kid you not and like my face cracked I was like Ugh! and I think she saw it and she's like that that's that's the thing right and I was like yeah like I have sleep paralysis and I I always see this old man and he's he just scares the shit out of me Did she know who this man is? No, she didn't know. She just said, she was just like, there's an an old man and he scares you a lot and he's in your dreams a lot. And she didn't, I was, uh, and no, she couldn't share who who he was or anything. She was just like, I just, I I just know there's an old man. Wow. The Las Vegas jeans psychic. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. And Um, also that's just, it's, that is so specific. Like that is so terribly specific. How does you know you don't you don't guess that? Okay, but you still are a skeptic. A little bit. I want to believe. I'm. Oh, again, I'm not a skeptic as, as so much as I'm open to the possibility. Okay. So, um, um, after that experience, I I haven't experienced sleep paralysis since, but I think next time I do, um, will be a little bit differently because now there's. <laughs> there's I reason to believe that it's something more than sleep paralysis. Wait, we need to like. Okay, I love a follow-up episode, so we need to work on this so that we can get answers from this man. You, what, what about if you like wrote on a piece of paper, like, who are you? Please talk to me. Something like that. Post it next to your bed and see what happens. What if tomorrow, like, you, you log into Facebook and there's, like, news that I've been strangled in my sleep or something like that? <gasps> <laughs> I will be the queen of spooky! <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no. Well, you should leave some hand cream out for him. <laughs> some porcelana from the 80s Hell to clear yeah. up <laughs> Um, I want to know who this man is. Why I, There has to be a reason 
why he is. She, oh, I, I remember. She did say um, he's not trying to hurt you. She did say that. He must be an ancestor, don't you think? I've thought about it. I never met my grandpa. I've only seen a couple photos of him, and he was he was always in suits because it was like always formal occasions. Uh-huh. So I've never known, but I can't see his face, so I just don't know. But that's the only like elderly man I can think of. Well, so you can only see like where his hands like are his hands like where like out by his stomach or where they're they? kind of like if you just clasped your ha- clasped your hands together. Uh huh. And just let them drop in front of you. That's yeah. the level that they're at. It's like a very relaxed kind of pose. You should write but, on the piece of paper, like, can you kneel next time so that you can see in that same direction his face? Oh, see, now that's actually scary because his face is going to be so close to mine. Oh, it's right next to you. Well, yeah, because I sleep in a in a double bed, so it's yeah. it's pretty small. So, And I'm, on li- I'm lying on my side near the edge of the bed. So, I mean, his hands are maybe like... Oh my like, God, I was in this little old man face right next to you. Yeah, that's the thing. His hands are only like a foot and change away from my face. Like, I don't know if I want to have his face that close to me. That's actually really scary because like, what if I don't recognize him? What if it's someone I don't know? And the thing is like, I've moved... This has only happened to me in LA and I've moved twice while I've been here. And I've had the same sleep paralysis in different apartments and things like that. So like, it's not linked to anywhere I was staying. It has yeah. to. It has something to do with me. Maybe it's one of your fans that saw you in an airport. And they're coming to stalk you. I don't know what little little old eighty year old man. <laughs> he might love Dracula. Oh my God. You know, I don't know, but I I I would love to know, but also. I don't know if I really want to see his face that close to me. No, that's actually that's really too fucking close. scary. <laughs> I want to see anybody's close face that and close. And the thing is, it's not like I see it for a second. Like, he's there for a while. Like, sleep paralysis, usually my sleep paralysis will last anywhere from, like, 30 seconds to a minute. So that's, like, a full minute that I'm seeing his hands. I, I don't, like... Wow. So you can see every vein and crack and everything. Do you... Does he... Can you, like... Um, does he look like a human or can you see through him? No, he looks fully human. I can just tell that his hand... And you know what's funny? Like, the hands remind me a little bit of... Like, I don't know if you've ever, like, seen a body at a wake. Uh The way they're positioned in the coffin and their hands are kind of held in front of them over their stomach like that. Like, that's what it kind of looks like. And that's what I've always thought of it as is that it kind of looks like someone at a wake just, like, standing up, though. But you can't tell that he's, like, breathing? Like, what if he's just, like, dead standing up? He's completely still. He's completely still. But he looks solid. He doesn't look like a ghost. (laughs) Oh, I'm so scared. That's why I don't want to see his face. I know. He's going to have his face right next to you. I hadn't even thought of like requesting to see his face, but now that thought's in my mind. So what if it happens because the thought's (gasps) in my mind and that's all your fault? No. (laughs) Well, listen, if he's not like breathing and stuff, at least you won't have to have old man ghost breath because ghost breath is one thing but old man ghost breath breathing in your face in the middle of the night old man corpse <sighs> ghost breath who knows how long he's been dead i don't know and it's like an older looking gray suit it doesn't look like a like a like a very contemporary or modern suit mm. oh i don't know all i can think of is my grandpa Maybe i hope you it's should him make him something make him an outfit hmm and you know what's funny? I do have some of my grandpa's clothes with me too. My dad gave me some of his like jackets and stuff. We heard a story one time that uh, a listener repeatedly was seeing their, or at least one, I don't remember, but they did see their grandfather's 
ghost at the foot of their bed wearing a suit and they had actually owned that suit and they had it in their closet oh. which i thought was so interesting because it's like the clothes are not the clothes are still on this earth in the closet yet you're seeing a spirit wearing that same it's like the ghost of a of clothes that are still alive i don't know whatever it's just a oh lot of God. things to think about that's such a drag queen thing that like will my will my go like my clothes ghosts travel with me into the beyond well that's what <laughs> will i think I be about... able to wear this 50 pound wig on my head when i'm dead exactly <laughs> well i wonder constantly about i always bring up cosplayers like cosplayer ghosts they could be from any you know, you could really throw people off because you could be a ghost wearing a colonial outfit, but you, you know, died five years ago. So people might be like, there's an old colonial woman, but it's really just like a teenager. Oh. But um, you imagine what you would you could do as a ghost. Oh my you would God. be the scariest. Like there's like a bald gremlin haunting this building. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying like if you have on, would you choose to be in your full on drag, the teeth, the contacts, the makeup, the blood, oh, the guts, all of it? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel most powerful when I'm when I'm in drag. So I can totally see how you know if I were a and ghost, with your haunt experience, you on Earth. I would have a blast scaring the shit out of people. No, you would truly be terrifying. Imagine someone seeing, like, I mean, as gorgeous and amazing and artistic and everything as your looks are. If I woke up and I saw that next to my bed, some of the looks that you pull, I would I would never, I would, no. Bitch, you're going to see my clawed hands clasped <gasps> tight next to you when I die. If I go first, oh, you'll be the first person I'll go to. No! Okay, you want to listen to some ghost voices? Oh, are we going to listen to ghost voices? Yeah. From where? Okay, it is time for EVPs or EV please. Oh, wow. Do you know what EVP is? Uh, It's electronic voice phenomenon or something like that? Okay. So it's when ghost hunters catch a voice uh, on audio recording, and I want you to guess what this ghost is saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, sometimes they're an EVP, and sometimes it's Evie, please. Now, I just want you to guess what the ghost hunter believes that it said. Okay. Or you can say what you think it says. It's up to you. Um, but what we're going to have you guess is specifically what the ghost hunter believes it said. Now, both of these are from um, the Whaley House in San Diego. Okay, I've been. Have you been to the Whaley yeah, House? Yeah, I've been, yeah. No paranormal I, experiences? No, well, I mean, when it's broad daylight and you're in a I group know. of 30 people walking through this house that's been like glazed with industrial paint so that it stands until the end of time, it kind of yeah. like it's kills like, the spook factor. It's like a full-on diorama. Like there's like scenes, you know, behind glass. Yeah, and it almost like, doesn't feel real anymore it feels like like you know when you go to disneyland and everything has that really shiny protective coating on it like the whole house mm-hmm. is bathed in that so it just doesn't feel like a real house anymore it feels like a, it feels like a toy yeah yeah i've been there twice and i have not had any paranormal experiences mm-hmm. but they say it's they one say. of the most haunted places in the country or world or something um okay so this first one comes from a person on youtube named brian rogers and they heard a ghost at the whaley house say this Could you play that one more time? Oh, gladly. 
We'll do it again. Girl, that sounds like someone. Like that sounds like someone two blocks away. <laughs> that sounds like someone outside. Someone outside. I know. It just. It sounds like a very, very clear voice that was said very, very far away to me. Well, it doesn't sound like something that was inside. Maybe the ghost was. But far what did away. they think? It, what did they think it, they well, were saying? Well, let's hear it one more time, and I okay. want you to just give me a guess. Okay. It sounds like four words. Could you play it one more time? It almost sounds like the first or the second part might be help help me. It sounds repetitive. Like help me, help me. I'm not sure. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Is it A, come in? B, how could you? C, help me. Or D, I'll kill you. Here we go. No, it actually sounds more like I'll kill you. It I'll almost sounds like three words, yeah. But there's like a little bit of like a... It, it almost sounds like there's a fourth word at the end. I'll kill you, bitch. <laughs> Work. I'll take that. I'll kill you, bitch. No, they actually think it says come in. Come in. Come in. I don't know. It totally sounds like there's more words than just come in. I know. It's hard. It's hard to to guess. But it does sound like they caught something for sure. It's, yeah, they caught something. Okay. Now, there is... Um, here's another one. This one is now from Colleen Rose, and it's at the Whaley House. And they believe this is the ghost of Yankee Jim Robinson, who was a man that got hung on the property because he stole a rowboat um, and this was actually before the Whaley family moved in. And so I think people believe that the Whaley, because the Whaley family experienced paranormal while they lived there. So it's been, okay. and they haunt it now. And so uh, some of the members, so it's been haunted for a long time. And this is like an old Ooh. ghost. This is Yankee Jim Robinson. So it's incredibly um, specific identification of a, of a dead being i know but it starts out with um you're gonna hear some ghost hunters talking okay and then um and then you'll hear something yankee jim do you want to go out for a beer you want to go out for a whiskey i have that cigar with me do you want to go outside here it is (laughs) that's literally (laughs) i just wanted to give you some context but okay Sort of a whispery. Yeah. Here, we'll play Yankee Jim again. It literally sounds like he just went, meh. I know. (laughs) Like, do you want to go out for a beer or a whiskey? Meh. Yeah. Oh, here's some options. Okay. Is it A, let's get tipsy? B, did you say whiskey? C, do you want to kiss me? Or D, I like my chicken crispy. Oh, wait, there was more. All I'm hearing is that little, like, you know, it's this one's tricky because there's someone clearly talking in the background. So, like, how do you decipher well, between the person talking in the background and what was... Okay, play it again. I'm going to try. I, I was only hearing that sound that's like, meh. I thought that's what the EVP was. Okay, let's listen. Apparently there's more. Yeah, you're hearing the meh, but it's like a... 
But through the whole thing, you can hear someone like when the when the goes when these people are like talking, you can hear someone in the background talking. Yeah, as I think well. there is probably somebody else there. But they're, what they're picking up on is it's the whisper. Let's see. Go again. Oh, I hear it. Oh my god, it literally sounds like the word crispy. <laughs> I know. I think that this ghost thinks they're at Popeyes. Oh, he wants that chicken sandwich. I swear, I can only decipher the word crispy. It sounds so much like the word crispy. It's, did you say whiskey? That's what they believe. Oh. So funny, like, in the context where they're like, whiskey? Like, And then he goes, did you say whiskey? Listen. She's a whiskey girl. Oh, I can totally hear. It's so much longer than I thought. Did you say whiskey? Yeah. Oh, I can totally hear it. Oh, Ooh, that one's kind of interesting. That actually that sounds whiskey. like that actually sounds like like someone might have said that. Yeah. It's spooky stuff. Oh. I was wondering if you could help me with some advice that one of our listeners of the show was wondering oh, about. Oh, this is fun. Yeah. It might be interesting coming from you as a person that believes in science. Uh, a little skeptical. But... Don't pin me as that bitch. I did not come here to be pinned as the scientist. So, okay. This comes from Jen. She wrote this in our Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresfeles. Jen says... So I was hoping to get some feedback about something I've been wanting to do for a while. One of my grandparents' houses was totally haunted. No one wanted to be in the hallway without a light on or by themselves. Windows and doors would open by themselves and even beds levitated. That's scary. The house in question isn't in the family anymore. And I've always wondered if the activity continued after our family left. Is there a good way to approach the current occupants to find out without scaring them or weirding them out too much? I'd totally go up and ask the people that live there now if I had a plan of action, mostly just not making things too weird uh, for the current occupants. So I thought I'd ask my fellow booze for your opinions. Any tactful suggestions? What do you think, Vander Von Odd? I think the best way to approach something like that because the thing is, if you like physically approach them, that can be a little intimidating. Um, I would probably just do it old school and write a letter and just word it carefully. An anonymous letter and just leave it in the. Oh no, with the return address. I want an answer, bitch. Like, oh, is it haunted or not? Yeah. yeah. Like, or maybe even like if you don't want them to know your address or where you live, even just take out like a PO box for like a month or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like send them a letter. Be like, hey, like I used to live there or here or my family used to live here. These were some of the things we experienced. And I was just really curious if this is something that you've experienced while you've been here. Um, And maybe uh, omit the part about the levitating beds and stuff. Because like you also want to you I think you want to word it in a way where even if they are skeptical, they'll want to get back to you and be like, yes or no, nothing has happened here since. I feel like when things get a little bit. Um, like too extreme like that, people will be quick to knock it off as like, oh, this is someone messing with me or this is a joke or this is someone trying to prank. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard because some people, I mean, I talk to people constantly 
just out in the real world. Hey, I get out of the house a bit and I'll bring up ghosts and every once in a while I'll encounter someone that's like, that shit's all fake. Like they get real pissed. Yeah. People mm-hmm. sometimes really get like, uh, just almost like in a way that people get politically where it's like, don't take my guns, like that kind of shit where it's just like, don't try to, you know, tell me that that's true, which I don't know. I feel like it's that same kind of like bitter, hateful reaction that like vegan people will get. Like, I, I don't know that many pushy vegans. I think that's just like, this. Mm-hmm. Is, there's like a stereotype that exists same, similar to like, oh, like people who believe in the paranormal, they're like any little wisp of air and they think they're haunted. Like, I think that stereotype does exist. And so when people talk about well, this sort of thing. Well, because all wisps of air are ghosts. Well, we are when you're draw Ross dress for less and you're leaving a <laughs> hotel with Johnny Reinhardt at three in the morning because oh, yeah, you got you know spooked. That story. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I totally know what you're talking about where people just like eye roll, you know, and they're really rude about it. Yeah. So somebody could get very offended. So that is a tricky question. Um, I like your idea though. I mean, to get a full peel box. I mean, that's a whole enchilada, but that's just like me getting like not wanting to give my address out to anyone for the same reason. Like fans will send me weird shit. (laughs) But I mean, if you want to protect your identity, you know, take out a PO box, send them a letter. Worst thing that could happen is they won't answer or they won't get back to you. Yeah, but I I actually, I mean, I'm very curious. I would be very curious. Like, did this happen? Like, have your beds been levitating? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I would, I would, I'd also just ask, like, if you have experienced, like, what have you experienced? And yeah. then maybe based on their follow-up letter, if they're like, yeah, if they're like, yes, things have been happening, this and that. I think that's the cue to move forward and, and really share like the extent of the experience that they had in the yeah, house. Maybe meet each other, do some coffee. Totally, yeah. Like that. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Totally. Well, that concludes this week's episode. Oh. Vander, I'm so happy you came here. Thank you so much for having me. I've been excited to do this. I never got to talk about real spooky things. Oh my gosh. Well, you you really brought it today. Thank I you mean, so much. I was honestly like not like spooky and like uh, oh I know she's always in those fucking blonde wigs she's always just doing looking at Ariana Grande song yeah. and just damn Anyway, I'm so happy that you did this. Tell people where to find you. Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Vander Von Odd. Or Insta celebrity. Insta celebrity. Or also on my YouTube channel, Vander mm-hmm. Von Odd. Or my website, VanderVonOdd.com, where you can find my prints and my merch. And uh, occasionally when I make custom art pieces, they go up on there as well. So cool. you can find me there. Yay! See, I told you that is one. Spooky bitch right there, Vander. Go check out Vander, especially Vander's Instagram. I mean, we're talking Instalebrity. And for good reason. Vander is like just one of the most incredible artists that you, visual artists through the medium of drag. It's incredible. So go check them out. Guys, we still have some tickets left for the live show on the 21st of January. I am so excited for it. We had a blast last time. It completely sold out last time. So get those tickies now. You can get them at cavernclubtheater.com or you can go to my Instagram and the link is in the bio. All right, so all the things I want to tell you about, I want you to give me five stars on Apple Podcasts if you can. Uh, Tell a couple of friends about the show. We're about to enter a new year, and we're going to take over the place. I can't wait for 2020. This is our year. This is going to be the year of Ghosted. 
I'm calling it right now. That's what my psychic impulses are telling me. So please spread the word of Ghosted. Follow me on Instagram at RozDresFelez. I'm on Cameo, Roz Dress Velez. I've got the Facebook group I'd like you to join called Ghosted by Roz Dress Velez, a great place to share ghost stories. And I want to do some more listener episodes. So if you have a ghost story and you would like to be on a listener episode, please send me an email, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, and just put in the headline, um, listener episode, and hopefully we can work that out. I love you guys. I hope you all have a fabulous new year. I will see you in 2020. I love you all. Both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye. A podcast network.